0: Do you know what it means to be a connector? Well, the woman you are about to meet could claim that title any day of the week. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to the story behind her success. She's been building her vast professional network for decades by producing live major industry events, developing businesses, creating strategic partnerships, you name it, she has done it. She's currently the Senior Vice President for Partner Success at LivePro which is an Australia-based knowledge management system designed specifically for contact centers. I've known today's guest for about 20 years, and it's so nice to see her again. Her ability to bring people together for better results is stunning. Her name is Valerie McSorley. This is her story, Val. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, Candy, thank you so much. It's so great to be here with you. So
0: tell us first about LivePro. What is this job all about?
1: LivePro is actually a really unique and very special story for me. During the pandemic, I had produced a series that made five stops. So it was all contact center stuff, executive level learning for the contact center. And I had built this tour from scratch. Okay. And it went wow. to five different cities, Phoenix, Chicago, Boston, Miami, and D.C. And in doing that, we were about a week out for our first stop in Phoenix, And everything shut down. Now you have to remember, I had all the contracts on the table, all the sponsors on the table. Now I'm an army of one for 20 plus years, right? So, how do you satisfy every sponsor, every contract? This is one thing I haven't heard anyone talk about, Candy. What do you do? The product is gone and you still have to deliver. Now, some companies, it would be very simple. You just return the money and the beat goes on. But when you're an entrepreneur and you've worked for yourself and you've put in the work for the nine months ahead of the run up, how do you square that for yourself? I did all the work. Everything happened. This isn't my fault, but it sure is my problem. And how do I fix this? So I went back and it was my relationships that I had in place with every single sponsor, every single speaker. All of the pieces were there and I picked it up and I took it virtual. I had a lot of hard conversations, but everybody was in the same boat at that time. So here's what happened. So in doing all of this, and this is where I get to the live pro part of the story, my anchor sponsor for all of this for the five years was their biggest competitor in Australia. So through the channels and through who knows who and who do you know who does this? And you know how that that art of connections happens. Fast forward to a time where now I decided I'd Pendulum started to swing back. I do not want to go back to that event world, ever. I'm done. Need to retire. But I need to retool my skill set. So I started consulting. And then sure enough, I got a call. And it was from a former colleague. I've had four Australian clients.
0: That's amazing. First of all, (laughs) let me just jump in and say congratulations for turning that whole thing around. Because a lot of people went completely underwater and kind of threw up their hands and said, I can't do this. But instead, you figured out a way to make that happen. A lot of your work, Val, comes around contact centers. So for our listeners, explain what is a
1: contact center? Sure. Very simple. It's an 800 number. When you want to call a bank, a financial service, any kind of customer service, when you reach out to their 800 number, that's the contact center. Everybody's got one. You've interacted with them. It's the last place you want to call, but you've interacted with them your entire life.
0: So when you work with contact centers, what do you do for them?
1: In my line of work, where it was bringing the right people together for networking, for education, for some fun, we would bring together these executives for conferences, day-long workshops, training, all those different types of things. It just happened to be very niche-focused, in the contact center space. So you
0: are the senior vice president, success partner. Now that's a big title. So what does your job entail?
1: It's pretty much perfect for me because I have this network of not only the contact center leadership, but the other vendors in the space, the consultants in the space, the ecosystem that makes this work. So I work with other consulting partners, other vendors, and we work with the end users who could be contact center leaders and banks, Financial services, insurance, healthcare, anyone with a contact center.
0: Well, when you produce big industry events, which you've done hundreds and hundreds of throughout the course of your career, you are often tapped to also be the MC, which is no surprise to me because I know how outgoing you are. However, is it hard to produce an event and be the talent all at the same time?
1: Well, you know, I love it. I absolutely love it because now in the virtual space, it's more fun than ever. It's completely different, but I love it. And I feel like that really let me find my lane. And I learned how to do that in COVID. I remember saying to my husband and my two sons, I'm shutting the door and I'm going into my office and I'm going to become a Zoom beast. Just leave me alone. I'm gonna figure out every single thing I need to do on Zoom and do it. And I pull you through the screen with me and we have an experience. What are some tips
0: and tools that you learned along the way?
1: You know, I think there's a lot of things that you can adopt from being in person and having that touch point in person that people still want that in the virtual setting. You can't talk at them. You need to talk with them. You need to invite them to be part of the conversation. You need them to be seen and heard. I truly care about everyone. And that's why this industry has always resonated with me. It's customer care. We're in the business of care. We want to show you that we care about you. So I just make my way and I find a way. I actually have my little magic wand that I sit with. and, and it's <laughs> I true. can just see it. Oh, it's true. It's that art of having people understand that you really care about them. So you have to put yourself as the MC exactly like you would be in the real world. I wore high heels and perfume to my Zooms. Okay? Absolutely, because it puts you in a mindset. Have, exactly. And I would stand up. You have to have everything styled in the background. All of the thought and consideration that you would do in real life, it has to translate. You've gotta be ready. And you're still flying without a net because anything can happen and technology is not always your friend.
0: You have held many leadership positions in your field during the time that I've known you. So I guess the next question is, Tell me about your leadership style. You've already said you care about everything that you do. And I'm guessing that's one of the foundations of why you've been so successful.
1: I've always had this gift of foresight. And I understand how the pieces work together. And I see how if something happens wrong on this, how it's going to affect the outcome over here. And I get in there and I roll up my sleeves and I've never been afraid to have some very difficult conversations and do what has to be done. And I never ask anyone to do anything I wouldn't do myself. Ever since I've known you, you've been on a lot of airplanes. <laughs> I think there's a romanticized notion about business travel. I think it looks a lot more glamorous than it actually is. So I think in terms of favorite city, it'd be very hard to say that because typically I don't see the outdoors too often. You know, you get there, you arrive, you're especially with, on site. People don't understand. I can be there from 6 a.m. till midnight and never have left the building. So I'm not really out sightseeing and having this expense paid vacation, I'm working. So it's really difficult. I would say I love to go to New York City. I'm from New York, it's my happy place. I love to travel to New York City for anything. And even if I can't have the time to myself, just walking the city, just walking the streets, the electric that's in the air is just everything.
0: When I first described you, I said that you were a connector, but really you are a super connector. Tell our audience why being a connector enables you to open doors and make things happen.
1: It's a great question. I think it's all about your personal brand and people know, like, and trust me. They've known me a long time. I do what I say I'm going to do. I do my job and everybody else's job. They can depend on me. I think they know the caliber of the company I keep. And that's very important. I was in the role for many years where I was meeting hundreds of people every single year. Put that on a multiplier. People may leave their industry, so I think that you build a reputation. And when you value what you bring to the table, and you always bring something to the table of value for everyone around you, word gets around, right? It sure
0: does. Well, I'll tell our listeners a story of something that just happened between the two of us. You know, My daughter Colleen and I have written a children's book series. And the book has been fully illustrated, ready to go, but we've been looking for a publisher for a very long time. And then one day I said to myself, wait a minute, I haven't talked to Valerie McSorley yet. I texted you, and within a few days, you had a connection, and we signed a deal with her. But you made that happen.
1: I have chills. I have chills hearing you say that out loud, because this is how it gets done. And that's why I think people... Gravitate towards me because I'm always thinking like, you know who you should know, Candy? You really should meet. And I have made my career doing that for 20 years. There's so many stories I can tell. And this ripple effect, it just goes on and on and on. And that's the work that lights me up to say, you need to know this person and let's put them in a room and see what happens. That's my calling. And, you know, I will say that I
0: do believe that good goes around. And one of the things that I've always done in my career is when I'm asked to help someone and I know it's a good fit, I always follow through. But then I also say, particularly when I work with young women, you need to pass this on. I helped you. Now you need to help someone when they ask for help. Do you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. And I think mentorship right now is a very interesting concept that's very under-examined for a number of reasons. I think that we look at it that the older, more mature, more established professional women need to be helping the younger women up ahead and through the ranks. While that's true, I also believe there's an opportunity now to have a very interesting multi-generational conversation because a lot of these young women – Boy, they're running circles around us with all this social media and all these influencers. I can't even keep up with it. And we have so much more to learn from each other and with, than you could even measure.
0: So for a young woman or anyone in the workforce who's listening to you and I talk today about how to become a connector, what's a
1: first way to start? I think you need to always be thinking of others. I think that there's a misperception around Talent and expertise always offer someone something I'm always like COAR bring your core to the table, but I want to spell core Communicate offer ask and receive so communicate who you are and what you do very concisely very effectively Offer offer something to every single person you meet It can be anything a cup of coffee opening your rolodex something very simple. We all have talent We all have interests. We all have expertise in a certain area then you ask. You have to offer before you ask for their help. So it's all about how things fall into place. And there is a certain dance and a certain sequence of events. And then is the R, and that's the receive. So after you've aligned all of these pieces, you receive what you've asked for. And both parties get that.
0: I love that advice. And here's another thing, too. Never take and not give back. That, to me, is the killer of a relationship right there.
1: Isn't that the golden rule? Really, aren't we always talking about the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have done to yourself. I also think people want to help, but they don't know what to do. So the more direct and specific you can be, no one's a mind reader, and people are so overwhelmed with images and messages and all of these different parts, they forget. So you have to find a way to be top of mind. You mentioned earlier mm-hmm. when
0: we sat down, you love visiting New York City because you come from New York. What was life like in your house?
1: Well, I'm the oldest of four girls, and life was a little chaotic because three kids under three and two were twins. What do you do? So I didn't have a lot of choice in pitching in and helping out. I had some wonderful influencers and role models of both of my grandmothers. So my father's mother and my mother's mother. I'm blessed to have still have my maternal grandmother. She's going to be 100 this fall.
0: You know, I've heard you mention your grandmother so many times in the 20 years we've known each other. Has she been a
1: role model for you? She is my rock, she's my role model, she's my mentor. I just spent time with her yesterday. I don't even have words for the special, incredibly amazing bond that we share. She taught me so much about life. For her time, you know, think about the late 60s. She was a boss in like the mainframe computer department. Women didn't have jobs like that. She didn't even go to college. So her brothers went to Dartmouth and Ivy League colleges, but the daughters weren't sent to college. She drilled things into my head every day of my life. You are going to go to college. You are going to be successful. You are not going to depend on any man. You will make your own money. She drilled it in my head every single day about how she wanted me to stand on my own feet and be completely independent and be successful. And she would tell me she would take her hands and raise them side by side and show me the most Important and structurally sound relationships are not ones that lean on each other or that one leans on the other. They stand independently and they are stronger that way. I couldn't count the ways and the wisdom my grandmother shared with me. Now, my grandmother, my father's side, was very interesting. She was British and she was very prim and proper and could just go to the cupboards and, you know, just have everything just set like the royal wedding in five minutes. Like very <laughs> like she'd go to the tea and everything was fancy when we went to their house. So I gravitated towards that part of her. And then my other grand was the opposite of fancy. You know, you could roll in at four mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning and she'd make meatballs like she didn't anything goes over there. And the other grand, you need an appointment on the 28th to come by.
0: Tell me about your hometown, and what was it like growing up there?
1: So I grew up about an hour north of New York City, Hudson Valley area. That's beautiful up there. Not my scene, though. (laughs) I found it, always found it very boring, and I couldn't wait to get out to be in a more urban setting as soon as I possibly could.
0: Tell me about your college experience. What was your major, and did you know what you wanted to do with
1: your life back then? I had no idea what I wanted to do, to be honest with you. I just wanted to get out and go to school. I just wanted the experience. I had a lot of responsibility growing up and I just wanted to just worry about myself for a little while. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to study. I thought I wanted to be a CPA. And everyone just shook their head at me and said, Valerie, you are the last person in a dark lit room crunching numbers. And they (laughs) were right. So I actually studied economics and sociology and I found that to be the intersection of the way things should be, because economic models really never happen. And sociology was the study of people and the way it is. How did you come to Boston? My college roommate was from Maine, and she had a cousin who lived in Boston. So we came to visit for the weekend. And we stayed on Com Ave, and there's the trolley running up the middle of Com Ave. Very romantic, right? All of these like college kids hanging out and... It was just such a beautiful city. I fell in love with the city and I said, I wanna come here right out of college, so I did. And I lived here for two years. Then I moved back to New York and I was living in New York City and then I met my husband who was in the process of moving to Boston. And I said, oh my God, pick Chicago. I've already been to Boston, I don't wanna go back. And he convinced me, he's like, no Val, it's a different place with me in town. So I came back. This was a big emotional moment, Candy. I decided it wasn't about me, it was about we, and where will we have a better life and be able to build a family and a home and all of those pieces. And that's actually why I started my own business. Because when we landed on moving to Boston and bought our first house and I knew I wanted a family, I knew what it took to raise a family because I was the oldest. He's an only child, he has no idea. And we have no family here in Boston, so if I wanted to be available and accessible, to my son, I had to work for myself. So we got married that fall. I said, I did this for you. I'm going to do this for me. I got my MRS degree, Mrs. And I decided that I needed about two years to build a business.
0: Speaking of building a business, what are the keys to being a successful entrepreneur?
1: you know, a lot of people have this notion that you're going to hang a shingle and you're going to be a millionaire in five minutes, right? (laughs) Silly people. Right, right. Go go on with the Instagram. I'll see you later. Mm -hmm. I think that you have to find your passion, which I know we talk a lot about, but it's not enough to have the passion. There's got to be an intersection of how you pay the bills. And you have to understand that you can work 80, 90, 100 hours a week and not make 10 cents. You have to see and have a vision of what people pay you to do and why that's valuable and what you charge and why you charge it and understand the costs. because at the end of the day come Friday you have to pay yourself because it's very easy to say we're going to have these expectations and these goals that's only half of it how do you actually get there
0: well I know you have two sons yes tell me how did motherhood change you Val
1: gosh I don't know who gave birth to who some days Well, you know, we've covered it off. I'm the oldest of four girls. So boys, I don't know what to do with boys. I don't know. Were you terrified when you had your son? A hundred percent. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know football. I'm not a sports person. (laughs) Sticks and mud. What do we do here? I don't know what to do. But from the moment I heard that little cry, the second he was born, I heard a different sound come out of me, too, in that moment that I've never heard before and I've never heard since. But something just changed, and they put him in my arms, and it doesn't matter. You just adopt, and you learn to love what they love. You learn to go along with what lights them up. You just go with the flow, and I just learned. I learned how to be a boy mom. I learned how to get into sports more. It didn't matter where I was. I was always watching them. So it doesn't matter if I don't understand the sport because – Don't tell them, but most of the sports they play, I still don't understand and they've graduated now, but I was always there just watching them. And I think for me, success early on when I decided to work for myself, I told myself if I could be at home with my son, if I could not have to call in and be accountable to anyone to take a sick day, to take a snow day, to take a day off, to miss anything and still make the money I was making in the corporate world because I had a really nice job, that would be success for me and that would be enough for me. The seeds,
0: the gifts of our talents are planted very early. And we all do need someone, Val, who sees us, who sees our abilities. Who has that person been for you in your life?
1: I think my husband. My husband believes in me. He's my biggest cheerleader. He'll tell you he's my biggest fan. He believes in me that whatever I set out to do, I'm going to get it done And I think to have that as your partner is really important because there's days when the going gets tough. There's days when things didn't work out, the sounding board, the boots on the ground, and he's always been there for me. What do you wish you knew when you first got started that you could pass along to our listeners? I think about this all the time. I think that's one of the most interesting questions. I would say don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to hit the stop button and say, listen, we've got a problem. This is what's happening. I need you to hear me. I need to understand why I need your full attention. Don't be afraid to call everybody to the table that needs to be there. Don't trust that your message will be carried the way you need it to be carried. You need to take it yourself to the right people.
0: Next three questions I ask everybody who sits where you are. And thank you again for being here today. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it?
1: Whatever it takes. I go to the front door. I go to the back door. I ask if you have a window. Where's the chimney? I'm just not taking no for an answer. It's just not happening. (laughs) What is the
0: best piece of advice you've ever received? And can you pass that along to our listeners today?
1: You have to be strong. You have to always rely on yourself and your ability to just, whatever it takes, don't back down. Don't take no for an answer. Don't back down.
0: Final question. Right now, in this chapter of your life... What does success mean to you, Fal?
1: I've learned that it means a lot of different things at different times in your life. And I think for right now, I believe you have to enjoy each step as it unfolds so that you don't look back with regrets. So I think it's the time right now, I'm all about legacy. I'm about legacy and thinking about how can I help those behind me come up faster and how can I help those that have helped me really tie things up with a nice great big bow. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. Oh, Candy, my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: And that's the story behind her success for this week. My thanks to Valerie McSorley. She's got plenty of hats that she's worn lately. The big one is Senior Vice President for Partner Success at LivePro. Find out more about the company, LivePro.com. I'm always on the lookout for the next woman to profile. So if you know someone I should feature on the show, will you please let me know? To nominate someone, just go to my website, candyoterry.com. That's candy with a Y, -Y O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. I'll have a new inspiring story for you next week. And remember, when we lift each other up, we all rise. What's your story? I can't wait to hear it.